Hi, everybody. This is Science Modeling Talks, the podcast that features top modeling instructors and thought leaders sharing ideas. I'm your host, Mark Royce. Remember to visit sciencemodelingtalks.com to access extra content related to our interviews and to learn more about our guests. While you're there, share your thoughts and comments by clicking the link that says, Tell us what you think. We really want to hear from you. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. My guest for this episode is Dina Cullen. Dina currently serves as editor for the Chemical Education Exchange and previously was associate editor of the Journal of Chemical Education. She also teaches as an adjunct professor in the chemistry department at Grand Valley State University in Michigan since 2016. She has taught chemistry, science, and biology for more than 25 years, primarily in middle and high school settings up through 2017. In 2015, the Michigan Science Teachers Association recognized her as Science Teacher of the Year. Dina is passionate about supporting science teachers and working with authors contributing to the field of science education. Here's my interview with Dina. Hi, Dina. How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm great. It's nice to see you. You too. Um, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Um, I know you are an adjunct at uh, the university. Are you using modeling in your classes in the university? No, I teach a lab and the curriculum is pretty set, so I don't have that opportunity. But I did teach high school uh, where I did use modeling. Uh, I just, I've retired from the high school classroom. I see. Yeah, that was in like 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. I, I did my modeling workshop in the summer of 2014. So I had a few years of practice using modeling instruction in my classes. That's cool. So how were you first introduced to the concepts of modeling instruction? When did that happen? Well, I, I actually did a target inquiry program at Grand Valley State University um, in 2008 through 2010. And um, I didn't realize it at the time, but a lot of the concepts, uh, strategies that we learned in that program, I knew they came from Arizona State University, some of them, but I didn't realize, um, you know, how much uh, those ideas were um, directly related to what was being taught in modeling instruction. And so when I had the opportunity to take the training in 2014, um, I realized just how much of the information I already had. There was a lot that I had not seen yet. Um, I, I was not familiar with the uh, course order uh, or, you know, the way the units were structured. But and it was an easy sell for me in, in terms of inquiry. And um, I was really excited about it right, right away. Uh, but that modeling workshop was uh, overwhelming in a way. There was so huh. much great material. And yeah. so it was exciting to try it out in the classroom. So you took the workshop in 2014. 
When did you first hear about modeling, though? I mean, had you heard about it because of your work with the journal or? I think the first time I heard about it was from Erica Postema uh, at a conference. And I thought I knew what she was talking about. (laughs) But modeling (laughs) instruction is so much more than what my vision of what modeling was. Uh, So, um, it was through her that I've got that introduction. And she actually was a lead contributor at the time for ChemEdX and, hmm. uh, and is now an associate editor for us. And she wrote some posts about modeling instruction. So I learned a lot working with her. She's awesome. I've uh, yeah. had connections with her through the AMTA and and uh, even she's helped me with this podcast a bit too in the past. So she's been really great person to to know. Yeah. So let's back up. Tell me a little bit about your work with the journal Journal of Chemical Education and also with the Chemical Education Exchange. Talk talk to me about your work with those entities. Sure. So in 2012, I became an associate editor for JChemEd for high school, along with Greg Rushton. Uh, The two of us worked together. And right away, he focused mostly on the editorial work uh, that was typical for JChemEd. And I worked with John Holmes, the managing editor, on the materials that JCOMED didn't plan to host anymore and support online. So, primarily, those were resources for high school teachers. Mm. And John put together a website called Chemical Education Exchange that now hosts those materials and resources. And we continue to upload new content uh, as we go. And so I'm the high school editor. We were primarily focused on serving high school teachers that uh, have typically been underserved. And now in the last few years, we've had a two-year college editor as well. Aha. Uh-huh. Help me understand a little, I, I want to be clear on this, the differences between the Journal uh, journal of Chemical Education and the uh, ChemEd Exchange, okay? Help me understand their roles. So, JChemEd uh, is a print a journal. Um, you can also find it online. And uh, much of it is research-based uh, most of it is from written by professors and chemed researchers. Uh, there are some high school authors, and they have historically done what they could to support high school teachers in other ways by providing some online resources. And when ACS Publications and JChemEd made a joint publication agreement. The decision was made not to host the online resources that they had previously. So, we host those at ChemEdX. Uh, both J- JChemEd and ChemEdX are 
overseen by the Board of Publication of the Division of Chemical Education. So we're overseen by the same board, but JCHEMED is a separate platform from us. And we, we host mostly blogs, um, you know, in terms of newer content. And the bar for publication is not as rigorous as it is for JCAMED. So would I be right in saying that JCAMED is more to learn about research and read articles and that kind of thing, and, and the exchange is more about where resources are hosted and people can go to find if they want to do a deeper dive? Is that kind of how they work together? JCAMED is full of articles that, are published primarily by college professors. Uh, they share, they do share resources in terms of labs and demos, but much of it is dissemination of their research. Okay. Where ChemEdX teachers might blog about ideas that they have for things they want to try out in their classroom. Uh, they might share an activity they've used before, but they haven't done research on it. Okay. They, it might be based on research that they know about, but they haven't done research about the activity itself necessarily. Mm -hmm. One of the posts that gets a lot of uh, views during modeling instruction courses is one that Erica Postema uh, posted about uh, Build-A-Boat and developing uh, culture in your classroom at the beginning of the year. And um, so uh, it goes through the activity and it provides video um, to support the teacher in using it. So if I go to ChemEd Exchange and just like uh, search Erica Postuma's if build, if you search for build a boat, you'll find you'll find her post. Yeah. So, so are you guys? Do you have certain people that you receive uh, contributions from, or is, are you looking for contributors, or how does that all work? If somebody, see, there's a teacher who's listening to our podcast today, and they want to, they have something that they're really excited about that they'd love to share. How do they go about doing that? So we have a team of lead contributors and associate editors that contribute on a fairly regular basis, but we also have uh, outside authors and we are always um, happy to accept submissions from outside authors that have something to share. There's a uh, contribute button on the homepage of ChemEdX that um, will give a potential author the information. And if they just want to ask questions about the possibility of us publishing on a certain topic, they can reach out through the uh, contact us button that uh, those emails come directly to me. And I'm happy to talk to 
potential authors and support them. I'm happy to receive a rough draft as well. So if you're a listener and, you, and you've got something really cool going on in your classroom that you want to share, this would be a good place to do it. So that's really absolutely, exciting. Yeah. Cool. I know that through the years, not just with these, uh, with uh, JCAM and the CAMAD Exchange, you've worked with a lot of other educators at a lot of different levels through the years here. Because as a teacher, I know you were involved in influencing other teachers and that kind of thing. Tell us a little bit about your the focus that you've had through the years with working with others and uh I, I, this is a very broad question i understand but but maybe some high points for you some things that you've discovered learned uh working with others anything stick out for you so what one of the favorite things about the role that i serve now is just having the opportunity to meet so many different types of educators at different levels and just sharing passion for teaching is always exciting to me and inspiring and keeps me going. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, even though I'm editor for ChemEdX, I still adjunct just to stay in the classroom because I enjoy being with students and, and teaching that gives me my fill there, but uh, connecting with other educators um, is, is just a different type of, activity that I enjoy. For most of my career was the only chemistry teacher in a small district, and I didn't have anyone else to go to. And so, the idea of working with other chemistry teachers was always very appealing to me. And my work with Target Inquiry with Grand Valley was pretty instrumental in changing my career trajectory because I got to work with so many other educators and learn from them. We're so much better when we learn from each other and support each other. And um, it wasn't long after working with target inquiry that I had the opportunity to work with JCAMED and, and CAMEDX and learn about modeling instruction and meet a lot of teachers there, which I'd have to say modeling instruct- instruction teachers are some of the most passionate <laughs> teachers that I have worked with. Yeah. Um, uh, they have a great community. Very true. I'm not a teacher. My wife is. Uh, she's a AMTA modeler, and uh, <laughs> she's very passionate about her work too. Hey, uh, yes, you just mentioned um, Target Inquiry. You, you said yes. your exposure to. I had not heard that term before. I kind of can guess what it is, but can you tell me a little bit about what Target Inquiry is, your work with it? I know you're involved with it at the university at Grand Valley State, but um, tell me more about it. What is the Target Inquiry program, and what is your work there? So, Ellen Yazerski and Debbie Harrington uh, started target inquiry with a large grant and it was designed to help teachers 
use inquiry strategies in their classrooms. And it was a long-term professional development program. It was two and a half years from beginning to end. And each of us did research with a professor at Grand Valley that was not based on education. So I did mine on antibiotic-resistant bacteria. So I, I was immersed in a little bit of research and did a paper and submitted my work as an oral poster to um, a regional ACS meeting. And then we, after learning some inquiry methods, each of us wrote two labs using inquiry and focusing on misconceptions that students would have on whatever topic we were focusing on and incorporating some of the ideas that are used in modeling instruction, including um, Johnston's triangle, looking at different representations, and student discourse and having students have an initial experience that we could refer back to as we built on the topic. So, I wrote mine on electrochemistry and one of mine on electrochemistry and the other was on the periodic table. And I've used a lot of the labs that came out of that and um, they're really great, uh, and they're still available on the Target Inquiry website. And uh, so we all did research on those. We tried them out on each other. So I was the teacher, and all of the other teachers acted as students the first time through. So then they gave input, and we just helped edit each other's labs and uh, learned as we went. Uh, and so it was so much easier when we got to go into our own classrooms and use those activities. Inquiry is such an important part of modeling instruction, mm-hmm. too. And so how to, I mean, I, I, is there some kind of like overlap between target inquiry and the modeling approach? or Absolutely. One- A lot of the things that we learned Um, came from research from Arizona State, which is the same place where modeling instruction was founded. So, um, absolutely a lot of different overlaps, yes. And so, it was not a hard sell when I took the modeling instruction training in terms of using inquiry I, I know they, you know, we, we went through activities trying to get the uh, attendees to buy into using inquiry, and that part of it was an easy sell for me. Yeah, that's cool. Tell me a little bit about, um, after you took the modeling workshop, you said it was kind of almost overwhelming at points. How did it change your approach in the classroom? How, what would be the key point that you would say it really uh, modified your thinking about the cla- your approach in the classroom? So, 
I was already using, um, uh, you know, kind of activities early to build instruction upon so that all the students had a common experience. And that happens a lot in modeling instruction. And I was already using um, a lot of discourse. I wasn't using whiteboards before modeling instruction, but we often, we used paper large pieces of paper, or we wrote on my desks, uh, things like that. So it, it was pretty similar. And um, and like I said, we were already using Johnston's triangle type representations. But the big difference for me was the order of the topics. And I was a little worried about it initially because... I had done a lot of skimming of certain topics that modeling instruction spends a great deal of time on in the beginning of the year. And I was worried that I wasn't going to have time to get to some of the things that I needed to uh, to prepare students for AP Chem. But I was pleasantly surprised. First semester seemed like it took way too long but second semester was a breeze because we had that strong basis and uh, students learned how to evaluate data and th they knew the program. So things went more smoothly second semester because they took on a lot of more of the learning for themselves and, you know, one of the things that, uh, one of the controversies about using inquiry is that we want students just to figure it out themselves. And that is not the case. We're teaching them how to, you know, do science. And then they get to practice doing science. And they learn as they go. It doesn't mean the teacher isn't, you know, really directing them and, and helping them figure things out. And I, the... Um, BCA tables made a huge difference in my classroom. Uh, energy bar charts mm -hmm. made a huge difference. Uh, they seem so much more intuitive to me. I wish that I had learned them sooner um, because I felt like my students really benefited from those. You used the term Johnston's Triangle. Many of my listeners probably know what that is, but I don't. <laughs> so, can you? Uh, so, so um, Johnston's triangle, we look at the macroscopic, the particulate level, and the symbolic level. So, we might have uh, an equation that just so shows something as simple as. Um, changing water from liquid to gas. H2O liquid yields H2O gas when you add heat. And you might have a picture of a boiling beaker of water as the macroscopic. And the particulate level, we would draw the particles of the molecules of water uh, in the beaker while it's liquid and then what it looks like when it's a gas. And there's a lot of misconceptions there because students might think that the hydrogens and the oxygens separate apart from each other, which is not what happens, of course. Uh, and 
Um, some students might think that the molecules get bigger, but they don't. They just spread apart more. So um, it's a valuable way to look at things and help find misconceptions when you ask students to draw those particle models. You can learn a lot about what their thinkings, what their thinking is. In the work that you do, you're exposed to a lot of research information, mm -hmm. especially around educational development. And so what have you learned about professional development opportunities in America for teachers? What, what are the things that you're discovering and that you would, from your experience, be able to share with teachers about what they need to know about professional development? Well, as you know, the, the modeling instruction courses, you know, they prefer that they're three weeks long and that there's a reason for that. You know, you, the teacher needs to be embedded and have time to reflect and practice and uh, see the instructor model for them what they should be doing in the classroom. And... The target inquiry program that I did, it was two and a half years long, and the professors mm. were doing research on us and how much we learned through that whole process. And their research showed that having extended time like we did really helped us to improve our teaching. And we actually... Um, tested our students using the ACS uh, exams, um, chemistry, high school chemistry exam, and we, uh, they showed that our students improved over time at, through that process. And they continued to test our students a couple years after we uh, finished the program as well. So, um, I don't know that they have they have done uh, that type of testing uh, research through AMTA. I know that they have surveyed the teachers before and after their training, um, and they had they do have a concept inventory, I believe, too. Yeah. Um, um, so I end up hearing a lot about different professional development opportunities at conferences and I'm always interested in the fact that the research that came out of the Arizona State University that relates to modeling instruction is very often included in the professional development opportunities that are offered. So a lot of the people that are doing chemed research and um, promoting their own professional development are using the same concepts that modeling instruction are. That tells me that people are trusting it. I know that uh, chemed has a con an annual is it annual conference that that Kim Ed hosts or is it uh, every other there are two conferences that I go to um, one is Kemed and I went to Kemed 
2023, this past year, in, at University of Guelph in Ontario. And uh, there will be another one in uh, Golden, Colorado in 2025. Okay. Uh, this upcoming summer, uh, I'll attend the Biennial Conference on Chemical Education in Lexington, Kentucky. The BCCE. And both of those conferences, BCCE, both of those conferences are the best uh, PD conference that you can attend for a chemistry teacher. Oh, awesome. Okay. So... 2025 is the next uh, Chem Ed conference. Yes. Okay. And you're going, are you involved in any other way with the conference? Are you teaching or doing anything? Well, it, as part of Chem EdX, we're, I'm pretty involved. Uh, we give symposiums and we have a booth. Um, but I'm also going to be the program chair of Chem Ed 2025. So oh. I will be very busy at that conference <laughs> okay so you're helping develop the program and bring in yes. your all your contributors and all that kind yes. of stuff cool very yep. cool okay so why don't you give people a reason to tell them why they should be there <laughs> well for high school chemistry teachers uh, I always kind of think of it as like summer camp for chemistry teachers um, it's very comfortable. The first one I went to, I did end up knowing some people, but I went by myself and met people immediately that I became friends with. And, you know, you grow your network. Um, there's lots of opportunities to socialize and there are many different sessions you can go to. So if you're interested in modeling instruction, uh, there are lots of sessions that will be offered and and there's usually some modeling instruction uh, workshops available as well uh, but uh, you know you can find them for just about any other topic a chemistry teacher would be interested as well cool that's awesome Dina before we go let me ask you just what would be the one thing that you would say the modeling workshop did for you in your understanding as a teacher Tell, tell me about the big point that the workshop got through to you. So the, the overall picture for me was that we teach students to be scientists. Scientists make observations, they analyze data, and they form conclusions. Mm. And we know that scientists... Um, make further observations that will cause them to reanalyze and reformulate a conclusion. And that's what our students do in modeling instruction. Mm. Yeah. So they're learning to be a scientist. There's built-in review for assessments because we're constantly revisiting old information and prior knowledge. And to help students build on that prior knowledge and students revise their model of what is happening in 
chemistry or in the topics that they're covering constantly, just like a real scientist does mm. on a bigger scale. So mm. that for me is probably the the big selling point. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's been a joy talking with you, and uh, it's been very interesting. I know our listeners are going to enjoy, uh, especially hearing your insights on the Journal Journal of uh, Chemical Education and the and the exchange online that you're the editor for. And I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule <laughs> to spend this time with us. I appreciate it very much, Dina. Thanks, Mark. It was good to talk to you. Yeah. So we'll see you around. All right. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Science Modeling Talks. Head over to sciencemodelingtalks.com and you'll be able to listen to any of our archived episodes and access our show notes, which include guest bios, show highlights, and links to resources that were mentioned during the interview. While you're there, subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. When you join this community through our email list, we'll send you a link to a lot of awesome resources from the American Modeling Teachers Association. Okay, so that's our show. As always, remember to keep striving for excellence in your classroom.